Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with Chiefs wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling, courtesy of Charmin Toilet Paper, to discuss his career so far, as well as his chemistry with Patrick Mahomes since becoming a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, Eagles Wire managing editor Glenn Irby shares his thoughts on the Eagles ahead of this Monday night's game. But first, as always, we start off with some Kansas City Chiefs press conference sound from their Week 9 victory against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, no, that, that, was, that was sweet. I mean, obviously a uh, huge play in the game, um, but uh, the, the way they were able to not only make the big hit, strip the ball, um, I think it was Mike that picked it up and then pitched it to, to Cook, and Cook was rolling, man. It, I said it looked like he was like the anchor leg of a 4 by one in track. So he got those knees up and was rolling down the field. So a uh, uh, huge play that obviously mattered a ton at, at the end of the game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, the, the the fact that they're so good at all all three levels, that they're deep, They, I mean, guys rotate in, they can play. Um, it's hard to get everybody snaps. That's how good they are. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's got to be a top defense in the NFL. Um, that's a great offense. And for them to, to hold them to 14 points where I fumbled in our own uh, area uh, for seven of those points, I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous, tremendous job. And I think they're going to continue to get better because they're young and, and they love it. Could you see that coming, Patrick, back in training camp? Could you see this? Yeah, I knew they were going to be good because you look at the end of last year um, and they played great football and no one really noticed. Um, and so I knew they were going to be good if we brought back so many people, um, so many young guys, and they were going to develop. Um, but, I mean, the fact that they're all developing this fast, I don't know if anyone could have guessed it, but uh, I knew they were going to be great great as uh, their careers went on. But uh, it's good to have a lot of young guys that can play like that. Patrick, it looked like you made a point of getting around to see fans after the game going towards the stands. Can you just yeah, it was an amazing experience to be out here in Germany. I mean, I could you could see red all around the town. I mean, the Chiefs Kingdom showed up, um, and you could feel the love that they had not only uh, for the game of football but for the players. And you could tell they watched and they they knew what they were talking about. And so, I'm ex- I was excited to be here and even more excited leaving that hopefully I get to get back at some point. Yeah, I just you know just high fives and stuff like that. Um, but uh, like I said, I want to get back. Um, I work with a lot of people that are in Germany, and I want to get back out here and see what see Chiefs Kingdom out here in Germany. Right here, sir. Pat, um, there's someone you often compare to in Tom Brady. He was here last year playing in Munich. I talked to him after the game, and he mentioned that he was fascinated by the German supporters. What was your impression today of playing in Frankfurt with German fans? Dude, the German fans, they knew it, and they were loud the entire game. They were passionate. Um, you could tell that they watch football on the on American football on the daily, and, and they really understand it. And it's it was great for the NFL to give us this opportunity. I'm sure there'll be many more um, as my career goes on. Uh, and I'm I'm excited to get back and be able to play, and not only Frankfurt but Munich or wherever else the NFL goes. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's making plays. He he wants it. Um, he loves it. Um, and he's going out there and making plays. I think it's, our job is to find different ways to get him the football uh, more down the field because he can do it. And so um, as the season goes on, his role will expand, and I'm excited for it. All right, we got time for three more. We're going to go Darren, you, sir, right there, and then you, sir, over there. Go ahead, Darren. Patrick, obviously, you know, this season you dealt with your receivers dropping a lot of passes today outside of the one that they put the MBS down deep. Pretty much, they were on the spot. What have you all been working on uh, throughout the 
Yeah, I think all you can do is keep working. Um, that, that's everything. It's me with timing. Um, it's them. Just continue to get catches as much as possible. Um, lucky for us, our defense is playing so good, so we're sitting here 7-2 and two going into the bye. Um, but we have a we, we can get a lot better as an offense, and I think if the offense gets to where I think it can be, we'll be a hard team to beat. Um, I, I haven't played in London yet, so I, I don't know that, that crowd. But uh, Arrowhead's special because there's, there's so many Chiefs fans. It's all Chiefs fans. I mean, obviously there was a lot of Chiefs fans at this game, which I was extremely happy about. But obviously it spread across all the NFL. Um, but, I mean, they're passionate both ways. Uh, the Chiefs fans, they've been there for 50 years, and they understand it, and they understand uh, when, the, when they're going to be the loudest with the defense and stuff like that. But I thought the, the Frankfurt fans did a great job of that, and uh, it felt like a home game. I mean, the, the Chiefs fans showed up out there, and Chiefs Kingdom was uh, loud and proud. Last one, sir. Uh, Patrick, isn't it strange to, to feel like you're playing home but you're thousands of miles away from home? And speaking of that, yeah, I'm, I'm up for anything. I'm, I'm always excited to get a, across the world and play football and show uh, American football and what it has done for not only me but for a lot of people um, to the rest of the world. Um, but, uh, I mean, I thought it was uh, really cool just to be out here. I mean, the whole experience, being being out in the city and at the practice facility and everything like that, you could tell everybody was excited. Um, and like I said, I want to come back. Um, I don't know when that will be, um, but uh, when we get the opportunity, I hope Clark jumps at it and we can be back out here playing football games. All right, thank you. Yeah, so once I got it, <clears throat> I felt Tyreek on my ankle, so I was about to get tackled, and I was like, nah, we got we to gotta get this home. We got to do something else. So uh, I kind of looked back, and I seen my boy BC, and I was like, <laughs> I trusted him. You got to have trust for it to do some stuff like that, but uh, I trusted him. I just pitched it back, and he did the rest. Adam? What, uh, what are the coaches saying on the sideline? I mean, they're doing a great job. I mean, do they, like, uh, are they okay with that kind of thing as long as it works? Or? Yeah, we got a touch on it. It better be good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one for uh, transfers. Just the, when you made the hit, did you, did you feel the ball? Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. I played uh, player last year. I played in uh, Munich last year. It's kind of like the same thing. Um, I mean, a whole Germany is crazy the atmosphere is crazy i told them um uh, my my experience last year was really cool i mean came out with a win so uh that made it better but uh the atmosphere was crazy uh i feel like like you said it felt like a playoff game and uh they was electric the whole the whole game from first quarter to the end of the end of the game so uh definitely appreciate the fans and uh they definitely showed out uh i mean we're ready for any opponent. Uh, we know they're a good team. Uh, like this game was battling for the first first seed in the AFC, so we know they're a good team. Uh, they'd be a playoff team. We might see them in the playoffs. We might see them before the AFC championship. We might see them in the AFC championship. But either way it goes, we'd be ready for them again. We know they'd be, uh, you know, coming even harder uh, coming off this loss. So uh, we're ready for whoever. Um, it's really it's an extra day, so um, but it was good to good to get back out there and. Everybody had a chance to to work, and so that was that was positive. So, with that, time's yours. <clears throat> well, first to Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Hey, Coach. Welcome back. Um, my uh, questions on on Kadarius Tony. It seemed like his usage sort of tapered off there. You know, those last few games. Um, was that a maintenance game planning, and, and just generally, what's your outlook for for Kadarius in the second half here? Yeah. Um, 
we'll just keep keep coming with him. You know, he's. I just want to remind remind everybody that he did have a knee surgery, so we're we're taking it we're taking it easy with him uh, up to this point, and um, and so just making sure he's he can make it through the year and uh, in good health. Hello, coach. I have two questions for you. The first is just what do you feel like has impressed you most? Defensively, when it comes to Mike Dana and George Karloftis, and Brad, I'll have a second. Yeah, two young guys, and uh, that are really playing good, solid football. Um, and uh, they're w- one thing you're going to get with them, Nate, is 110 percent every every snap. There's no no plays off with those two, and that's uh, and they're both smart kids, so they they know the defense and what they can get away with and what they can't. And then secondly, Andy, when you look back at how the offensive line has played over the course of the first nine games, I guess what is the, the most positive sign and what is something that maybe you've pinpointed that the, the five guys can improve upon? Yeah, so I think we're doing uh, a pretty good job with uh, with the run game and for the most part with the pass game. Uh, we get, we've got to eliminate the, the penalties. I mean, that's the, the main thing. So we, we take care of that. We'll be, we'll be fine. <clears throat> Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, you're winning games. I know as long as you're winning games, you don't really care what those look like. But I was just wondering whether winning games in a different style has required a, an adjustment on your part or Pat's part or really anyone's part. And, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Um, yeah, I, I would say – you adjust every, I mean, every week you adjust and you adjust every year. So, um, there are certain things that we, you know, we're, we're still working through and, and learning and, um, that'll continue, I'm sure, throughout the year. These young guys are getting better every week, which is a plus. And we've got, we got to keep that, keep that rolling. You know, we're, um, you know, we've had a couple of drops. We, we got to keep working through that and making sure that we, we stay strong through the ball, but, you know, other than that, we're, we're third in the National Football League in front, so that's pretty good. Yeah, okay. And I know it's only been a half season, but is there any gratification for you so far, maybe winning in a different way than, than what you've done in the past? Uh, well, you know, we're, we're probably uh, between the run game and the pass game, maybe, um, you know, maybe more rounded, but I'm, I'm not sure about that either. I, numbers are you know, about the same if you take percentages um, from what we've been doing. But I, I like the, I like some of the things I'm seeing. But again, there's some things we need to, we need to work on. The, I, I would tell you the penalties are the probably the biggest thing right now. We just got to take care of business with that. Hey, Andy. Um, I, I realize this is a little bit far afield, but I, I wonder if when you guys went to the Super Bowl for the first time with the Chiefs. Did you have any sense of the fact that you were largely a sentimental favorite? You, you personally, did you have any sense of that or were you insulated from it? I have a follow up to that, Brad. Yeah, I've, listen, um, I'm insulated from it, but if that were the case, it's probably because I'm old. I and hadn't, hadn't won one, but, um, or been on, you know, been a head coach of one, you know. Well, the, the reason I ask is sort of the flip side of that by now. Do you have any sense that, um, in, even in the off season that, that, um, there's a notion that 
well, you, you've had your time. The Chiefs have gotten plenty, and, and people are ready to see a changing of the guard. Does that ever that, that thought ever come to you through other people, or they wouldn't say that to you? Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm in this office. I mean, you know how I, I do it. So, I mean, I'm in this office more than I am out of the office, so I'm not telling a whole lot of that, but, uh, of that either way. So, I mean, I'm kind of tunneled in on trying to get – uh, make sure that we play well, you know, against the Eagles right now. So. Thanks, Nick. Yep. Brad, I'll have a follow-up as well, too, if I could. Uh, Coach, I'm just curious, when you see the, you know, brotherly shove, the tush-push, whatever you call it, uh, what, what what kind of time do you think they're spending? You know, do you – I mean, obviously, I, I know reps, it's been said, you know, that's the most valuable thing you got in practice. You can't be an expert at everything. When you, When you look at that as a coach, do you – you know, are you impressed? Uh, do you look at it and say, my God, that must be 20, 30 minutes every practice? Is it, you know, what, what, what's your reaction when you see how efficient they are with that? Yeah, that's a tough one to practice, you know, just because uh, you almost have to do it live. Um, so I don't think they're spending a ton of time on it. I just think they're, they're, they're good at it. I mean, they've, uh, uh, you know, the, they're inside three, get, do a pretty good job with it. And they've kind of <clears throat> made that, I think they've grown with it over time here and, um, you know, that's, that's what I see. Okay. And then, um, I, listen, I'm sure, again, I know you're, you just said you're isolated kind of in there in the room, but you, you, you hear the conversations that go on with Taylor Swift being a fan of your team and her, uh, relationship with Travis Kelsey. It, you know, people from other towns call us Kansas City fans and media. Do coaches call you? And is that a phenomenon? I know you talk with a lot of guys around there. Does, does that come up? And anybody asking you for, a, you know, get them an autograph or some tickets or anything? Yeah, no, no nobody's really mentioned much on that. Um, uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'm just glad he's found somebody he likes and she's found somebody she likes, and uh, that's a good thing. So. Good. Marquez, how you doing? Doing okay. I'm doing good. Um, I just want to, you know, start off, obviously, you're doing this great collaboration with Charmin. Um, can you just give us the, uh, the, the breakdown of what's going on there? Yeah. Um, Charmin's helping us out, man, you know, as we go over to, to Germany. Um, being our home away from home, being able to keep our routine the same, um, they gave us this Ultrasoft tear uh, toilet paper that we're going to be able to take with us and, you know, just being able to go to another part of the world and you just never know what to expect. And so being able to have some, you know, safety net and, you know, knowing what you're going to be able to take with you is important because um, there's nothing worse than getting to a spot and not having something that's comfortable. So I'm um, sure doing a great job with uh, this partnership. Sounds great. That's, yeah, that's the reliability you need, especially uh, when you're in another country. So uh, just uh, just to get that uh, mindset of you guys making the trip to Germany, your schedule's kind of been like all over the place because you guys are the defending champions. So you have all these, you have Monday night games, you got Thursday night games, you have um, all these national window games. Does that affect you guys' preparation um, as opposed to what you may have went through in past seasons? Uh, no, nah, I mean, I played for the Packers before. And so we always had the, Primetime games, you know, we hardly ever had the 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock time slot. I think I probably had, you know, maybe eight of those in my six years 
plan. Um, you know, maybe get one, one a year, maybe two if you're lucky. Um, and so I've always been the, the 325 slide or the, the 725 slide. Um, so I'm just kind of used to it. Um, you know, and obviously we're a good football team. People want to see you play. And so, um, I'm just grateful that I've been on the, the good teams that people want to see play opposed to always having the 12 o'clock games and no one cares and no one's in the stands watching you play. So. Very good point. Um, after the, uh, obviously the, the loss in, um, Denver, there was a, a lot of chatter in regards, even, even in the post game press conferences or even on social media. Um, I just thought it was very interesting how, you know, a lot of your teammates, uh, I think even you as well, you guys like took accountability for a tough game, but you also were very supportive of each other and, uh, realized, I guess, you know, the big, well, the bigger picture, I should say, was realized in that process. What was the, just the morale and the mindset of the team after a game like that? Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't ever want to lose a game, um, especially against a divisional opponent, um, that we think we should have beaten. Um, you know, but it's the NFL and I haven't seen too many, uh, 17 and 0 teams win a Super Bowl. So, uh, it's, it's tough to win games, especially against opponents that you see, um, you know, two weeks prior. Um, you know, and so obviously they came out and they played well and, and we didn't. We turned the ball over too many times. Our defense played as good as they could, but under those circumstances, um, and we just got to be better on offense. You know, we can't, you know, win games with five turnovers. You know, I can't have that fumble. You know, we can't have the, um, the drop punt. We just can't have those things. You know, those things are, are inexcusable, especially in, in my room as a receiver. You know, I take full accountability on, on all the turnovers that we had, you know, um, because I'm the leader in that room. And so that's a, that's an important thing for me to just go in and, and own as the leader of that room. I definitely understand. And just the, um, obviously from that game, you also had Patrick Mahomes dealing with an illness and he's also been dealt with little minor injuries that he doesn't like to put a lot of, um, public attention to. What does that say, uh, to, not just to you, but the rest of the team when you see Mahomes go out there, you know, sick and not a hundred percent? He's just a competitor, man. That's just who he is. You know, everything about him says he wants to compete. Um, if, as long as he can throw the football and, he can go out there with one leg, as you saw last year. Um, he'll do it. And so that's just the, the guy that we have leading us. You can ask for a better leader and better competitor. I hear you on that. And you uh, you guys just recently uh, reacquired McCole Hardman to the mm-hmm. receivers. What has he meant, just his return and his presence back in the room with you guys? I mean, he's a uh, high-energy guy, man. You'll You'll hear him the second he walks in the building. Um, he just brings a different type of juice. And obviously his talent, you know, speaks for itself. You know, he's one of those guys that you can't just pick up off the street because how fast he runs, man. You know, he's one of those unique talents that, you know, comes around every blue moon. You know, I think he ran 4-2 or something coming out. So, uh, you know, that's something that you just can't emulate. Um, and having him, you know, part of our team is going to pay off dividends. You know, you saw it, you know, the first week back when he had the big punt return. You know, obviously we had some hiccups yesterday with it, but he's, you know, one of those guys where you give him the ball, he'll make something happen with it. During your career, you've pretty much showcased that you're one of the best deep threats in the NFL. How have you been able to um, just develop and get better each season? And you've done this with two iconic quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I'm just curious at how you're able to build the chemistry so fast with uh, both of those guys. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy when they, uh, you got Hall of Fame quarterbacks don't hit the ball. Um, but, you know, like I said, I have a unique skill set where I'm 6'5", but can also run um, really well. And that's a matchup problem for a lot of a lot of defenses. And then, obviously, when you have quarterbacks like I've had and, you know, other talents like Devontae or, you know, um, or Travis next to you, you know, we can all work hand-in-hand hand together, you know, so I can – spread the defense out and, you know, let those guys catch the passes underneath. And then if they decide to come up and try to stop those guys from catching the passes underneath, then I can get behind them on defense. Um, and I've been able to make the most of that, you know, throughout my, my six years. Definitely. And um, before we let you go, uh, Marquez, I, I just have to ask, what are your um, – just you've been with Kansas City now. You've already won a Super Bowl. How has the community embraced you? Uh, I've, seen, I've seen you do a couple of events um, over the off season. How have you enjoyed your time in Kansas City as a whole? Yeah, man, it's been it's been great. It's been great. Um, this community is super supportive, man. I had my first annual softball game, and we sold that stadium out, you know. And I just wasn't expecting that for you know a first time event. Um, you know, having my teammates there to support me, and then having all those great fans to be there. And, and I, I did a an appearance down in Wichita, which is about three hours away from Kansas City for the basketball game. And we filled that arena out too. And they were there just for me. And you know, so it's just been crazy to see the support that, you know, these fans show, you know, us players. Um, and obviously that's why we want to give it back as much as we can, you know, so anytime that I'm out, you know, I try to take pictures with people or whatever I can to, you know, show my, my gratitude you know, for this community. And it's definitely appreciated. Um, Marquez, thank you for your time and um, good luck um, on the trip and, you know, enjoy it as well. I know it's, it's still a work thank trip, you. but uh, Germany, great, it's great stuff. Uh, thank you again. Yep. Hey, Glenn, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Welcome to Talking Eagles with the Cover 2, and I am your host, Glenn Irby. Today, we're going to break down the offense and the defense for the Chiefs Wire and fans of the Kansas City Chiefs ahead of Monday night's matchup at Arrowhead Stadium. So the offense, of course, everything starts and ends with quarterback Jalen Hurts. All-pro candidate, MVP candidate, among the league leaders in passing yards, rushing touchdowns, has had a, a, a up-and-down season when it comes to turnovers, his handling of the ball, and, and things of that nature. But he's still elite. He's still a top-five quarterback. He's still top seven in QBR, and he's still, you know, the guy that makes everything go. At the running back position, we have DeAndre Swift, acquired during the draft last April, 600-plus yards will enter in the bye week, and, you know, coming out of the bye week, entering week 11 among the league leaders in rushing yards on pace for his first 1,000-yard season, if not a 12 or 1,300-yard season, totally added an explosive, you know, an explosiveness to the offense with, you know, Miles Sanders taking his talents to Carolina, and Swift was the main reason why Kenneth Gangwell struggles to get on the field, and Rashad Penny hasn't seen many snaps, you know, since signing as a free agent. At the wide receiver position, A.J. Brown, nine games, over a 1,000 yards, 
fastest to do it in Eagles history on pace for 1,950 yards, close to 2,000 yards. You know, battling Tyree Kill for the yards leader, battling Tyree Kill for potential MVP. That's a non-quarterback having one of the best seasons in league history, let alone Eagles franchise history. A.J. Brown has been so dominant that Devontae Smith, who's on pace for another 1,000-yard season and over 100 catches, has been somewhat overshadowed, but he's been tough. Stop on coverage and one of the main reasons why the Eagles are 8-1. But Dallas Goddard out, you know, he'd be, he'd be the person we'd be talking about at the tight end position. But with Goddard out, look for Julio Jones to take more of a presence in the red zone and in critical situations. 6-3, future Hall of Famer, big receiver, gives the Eagles options. Obviously, the offensive line, best in the NFL, one of the top units in football. They'll get Cam Jurgens back this week. Suo Petta was average at right guard. Third-round pick Tyler Steen had an opportunity to start. He's a player to watch going forward. But getting Jurgens back into the lineup makes things so much simple going across. Everyone's stout. Everyone's efficient. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson's getting healthier. Landon Dickerson and Jordan Malata is steaming and, you know, and looking for revenge after last year's Super Bowl. On defense, Everything starts with Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick on the edge. Six and a half sacks plus a piece among the league leaders in pressures, among the league leaders in quarterback hits. Two guys that Andy Reese and that, chief, that Chiefs offensive staff will have to account for. In the middle, rookie Jalen Carter, four and a half sacks among the lead NFL leaders at his position in tackles and, and pressures. Few to be hurries. A physical specimen, an athletic marvel, a game record. Lines up next to Fletcher Cox, who seems to be rejuvenated playing next to Jalen Carter. Cox has been stout. Cox has has been a great mentor, a great leader. You also have to deal with Milton Williams and Jordan Davis. Williams can rush the passer from the edge. He can slide down into the one, three, three, you know, different techniques. Davis has been stout against the run, is able to rush the passer has a bigger defensive tackle, and overall, it's just a really dominant group and probably the best part of his defense. At linebacker, you have N'Kobe Dean out. He'll likely miss games, four or five games with a foot injury. He was in the rotation since coming back off an of injury reserve the first time. Not much to worry about. At that point, you have Zach Cunningham, late summer edition, one of the leading tacklers for the Eagles at linebacker, potential Pro Bowl player, has been the glue in the middle. Nicholas Moreau overcame adversity, overcame getting cut, has started since week two, has been stout, has been productive. Sure why Philadelphia picked him up from Chicago during free agency. At the cornerback position, you have two all pros, Darius Slade, James Bradbury. The idea is that with the bye, with the rest, these two will get back to being efficient. They've been solid. They've been really good, but they've had Moments where they had lacks in coverage. And it'll be a situation where I think in the slot with Bradley Roby returning from injury, that could be the thing that takes this Eagles defense to another level. Eli Ricks has been solid in coverage. He's got some good snaps. He's gotten some, some experience that match up with CD Lamb in the Cowboys game. Didn't go the way he wanted to, but in terms of how to help him down the stretch, how to help this defense down the stretch, that made wonders for him. At the safety position, you have Kevin Bayard. He'll start his third game at safety. Has taken every snap during the first two games since being traded from the Titans 
solid veteran. He'll pay dividends going down the stretch. Second year safety replaying and shit leads the team in tackles among one of them among the team leaders in terms of playing in, in space, versatility, the ability to cover tight ends while playing on the back end. Blankenship has been a blessing in disguise. Undrafted free agent Sidney Brown's a rookie who's gotten a chance to play in the slot. He's gotten a chance to play in the box. Situation where this group is getting healthy. They're rounding in the shape, and the idea is to go down the stretch. Less big plays allowed. More turnovers produced. More tackles that, you know, stop making tackles at at, at the point of attack. And more just overall efficient productivity out of the Eagles secondary. My prediction, there's a lot going on in Kansas City. We're not sure if Taylor Swift and the Swifties will be there at Arrowhead. It's an Eagles team looking to prove a point. It's an Eagles team looking to show they belong. And I think they proved that. And they show on the road in front of a nationally televised audience on ESPN, Eagles win 31-21. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time.